0: Look around, look around. (laughs) Is this loud enough for you?
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty good.
0: Okay. Eliza.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. And today we are discussing chapter 17, The Trial, where Fitz is off into uh, the wilderness and has to come back. Mm-hmm. The beginning part, though, is uh, kind of what we mentioned in maybe the first or second or third episode that we did, uh, talking about his given man name.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it's talking about that ceremony in general. Um So it's it seems like it's kind of a holdover from like a pagan religious history Uh ritual. Because this is like one of the only rituals we see.
0: Right. It's kind of like a secret society.
1: Yeah, it's really, I don't know, it's it's kind of reminiscent of like, you know, like the Masons or something. You have to have an initiation and and we don't really see much of anything like this.
0: Yeah, and it also kind of feels a little bit out of nowhere, at least to me yeah. it did,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> where it's like, oh, okay, here's a random ceremony that will never be touched on again.
1: It happens on a boy's 14th birthday. You have to have a man, capital M, sponsor somebody, so they have to have gone through this ritual assuming, we're assuming that's what you get the title of, capital M, man, mm-hmm. and then have uh, a dozen other men who concede that the boy is worthy and ready. So it says, living among the men at arms, I knew of the ceremony and knew enough of its gravity and selectivity that I never expected to participate in it. For one thing, no one knew my birth date. For another, I had no knowledge of who was a man, let alone if 12 men existed, who would find me worthy. So in the middle of the night, months after this test that we're about to read about is passed, he is... um woken up and surrounded by robed and hooded figures within the dark hoods i glimpsed the masks of the pillars i kind of want to like cut it there that's about halfway done with this intro and just kind of discuss what we know about it so far Mm -hmm. and your thoughts on it because to me it's really weird
0: (laughs) yeah super weird um i don't know i feel like this whole thing is kind of strange um, it kind of seems like it's something that was brought in by the common folk. This isn't a yeah, typical, like, a secret society for the rich kids, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think makes it more interesting to me. And, I mean, I- I'm going to assume that his, the guy, the man, capital M, who brought him into the society is Burek.
1: That was my first thought, too.
0: But...
1: But also, like, at the end of this chapter, they... Burek doesn't want to see Fitz at all. Right. Like, he is like, I'm done with you, don't come around my stables, don't help me.
0: But who else would it be?
1: Right? So the rest of the... The rest of the the details is that they hand... um, a fish, a bird, and a land beast. And you can either choose to, like, you choose one to kill or something like that, or choose to whatever. And he released all of them.
0: Yeah. Well, it doesn't exactly tell us.
1: It does. I don't think they told him what to do either with no.
0: them. No. He just has these in his hands. And he's, it's very undetailed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is strange. Um, I, but I chose to
1: release it, not to death, but back to its own free existence.
0: Yeah. And I think the scarcity of the depiction is because this is a secret thing and he's not supposed to write about it. Right. He's not supposed to tell anybody about this part of his life. Yeah.
1: it's At the beginning of that, it says, no one may speak or write of the ceremony details. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. And they, apparently there was no feast, which there normally is, because...
1: I'm, I'm guessing like they just eat whatever animal is released to death. Mm.
0: But I mean, it says, but even in my state of mind at that time, I felt there had been enough blood and death around me to last a lifetime. And I refused to kill with hands or teeth, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah. I'm assuming because pretty soon after this, Maybe in the chapter after this, he starts like getting assignments to kill people. Yes. And I think this happens after those assignments are starting. So at that point in his life, he's killed a lot of people, realizes he doesn't really like it, and doesn't want to kill more things around him immediately with his hands or right. teeth or anything. So, But he um, is still deemed worthy. And it says... My man still chose to give me a name, so he could have not been totally displeased. The name is in the old tongue, which has no letters and cannot be written. Nor have I ever found any with whom I chose to share the knowledge of my man name. But it's an ancient meaning, I think. I can divulge here. Catalyst. The Changer. So, like, it just begs the question of who sponsored him, who was there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really weird, like, my first thought immediately also went to Biric, but...
0: What if it was Shrewd?
1: I know, that's another thought that I had, too. Like, there's, there's like, I think I have, like, five possibilities that I wrote down. <laughs> okay. Uh, shrewd, Biric, Verity, Chade, or one of the guardsmen.
0: That's fair. He was raised by the guard but why would the guardsmen call him Catalyst?
1: Yeah, that's I wrote down reasons why they would name him like that too. So guardsmen like Blade or Gage or something would just be destiny or luck, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like it'd have to come down to that. Um if it was Shrewd, he we know he has an interest in the white prophets and uh-huh. the prophecy, he took an interest in the fool and knows something about that. Right. But also it's like the king. So I don't know if he would Yeah. Like, I, I don't know.
0: I mean, we don't... It's a secret society. We don't know who... And they're all in masks, right? The whole time, yeah. as far as we know? I mean... They could literally be anyone.
1: Right. I, I don't know. It just feels like Shrewd doesn't take that close of an interest. He has in his tool. He's sure. getting trained by Jade. And okay. it just feels distance. Even though he has a really good reason to name him Changer right. or a Catalyst. And another one, I don't think the fool is part of this either, because one, he is more like a boy to everybody else, he's ostracized by pretty much everybody else, and right. you have to be a capital M man to go through this. Right. And I doubt
0: he... I think he's too other, yeah. in the sense that no, he doesn't really
1: Belong to it. that society.
0: Yeah, or to any society, it feels like, most of the time.
1: Verity could, he has a slight interest, but also he's super preoccupied during this right. time with skilling. And I, I guess he could name him Catalyst or Changer through hearing about, like, the prophecies from Shrewd or just I mean, hearing all the change that he brought to, like, his life kind of thing.
0: Right. Or, yeah, it could could be that. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily directly relate to...
1: Could be just quote-unquote coincidence.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Burek... Obviously, yes, it could be, you know, like, just a random happenstance that he named him Catalyst or Changer. But also, we know all of the animals call Burek Heart of the Pack, so we know that animals kind of have names for people. Mm -hmm. So they could have been whispering Changer, basically, to Fitz the whole time. And Burek just subconsciously picks up on that, because we know Night Eyes just calls him that
0: that's true without
1: even telling him his actual man name or whatever
0: yeah that's fair that's a good point i was gonna say or just because he's changed the course of who would be the ruler and everybody knows that so
1: right he is
0: in a way a catalyst even if they don't grasp the full depth of his cataclysm (laughs) the full (laughs) depth of his catalyst
1: yeah um but also like i don't think it's chade because even though he seems like the perfect type to be part of a secret society or like still follows old ways naming your farcier person who's going to inherit your position to bring stability to the six (laughs) duchies and like the kingdom and provide like you know the status quo Mm -hmm. does not want to name your successor changer or catalysts. Like, that just feels so contradictory to me.
0: Well, but what if this is, like, a mask on, nobody knows it's me, I get to fully believe and deal with and, like, act the way I personally want to act without any fear of it getting back to the king or affecting the crown because I'm wearing a mask and just another capital M man. Yeah, but if if he believes
1: that... You can name somebody in this old tongue as a man name and then that is like who they become. You still, that that would still affect him if he named him like that, yeah. you know? I don't, I just feel like it's not something Yeah. that Chade would name him. I guess. I could see him totally doing everything else about that. So my 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 best guess still is Birik even though they did not want to see each other.
0: Which is so weird. I mean, it makes sense because Birik does still love him even when he yeah. sends him away.
1: Still wants the best for him.
0: Uh-huh. It's more of a self-punishment than really a punishment to Fitz. but And also I wonder do the animals call him Changer later because that's his man name and they know it on some level or Maybe. I don't know. Or or hear me <laughs> out. What if capital M men are all witted and Mm. this is an old secret wit society? I mean, it wouldn't be told as that way. And that could also be why it's so selective. Yeah. And then that's that's why animals call you that name. Interesting. I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. That's an
1: interesting theory, yeah. We don't really hear anything else about this, so we don't really know.
0: Does he really not ever tell anybody else? Not even like the fool at the end?
1: I think he says, I mean, the fool refers to him as Catalyst and Changer. I don't know if he mentions that he was named that.
0: But to be fair, we... But he
1: does say to Nettle, I think, that he's Changer. Like, that's his name in the dreams before, Mm -hmm. like, they actually meet when she's a child as well. Yeah. Like, what can I call you? Not, like, Wolfman, it's change oh, i think yeah. that's. i think that's what he says too but it, he never says that like this is what i was named right. as my man because you're not supposed to speak about it or write it down
0: it's like fight club
1: yeah exactly <laughs> first two rules mm-hmm. um I yeah I, I don't know either i do want to bring up one thing that is very uh interesting and i was kind of confused about is that it says I glimpsed masks of the pillars. Pillars capitalized. Yep. What are the pillars?
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Like it, It's referred to as, like, a commonplace. We we call these the pillars. It's obvious, like, symbols and stuff.
0: Maybe that's, like, the religion's official name of, like, Ida and L. Maybe. They're the pillars. And, like, they have the whole thing in that's their society theory. about, like... The uh, witness stones, and those are kind of described as pillars. And those are where, like, the gods reside, right? And their justice...
1: They're also skill pillars.
0: Yes. So maybe those are the people that, like, maintain the pillars? I don't... Right. I don't know.
1: I I looked into this a little bit, um, and I found some other discussions, and someone... I'm sorry if this was you and you're listening and I forgot your name, but uh, <laughs> someone mentioned that it might be the symbols on the skill pillars because I think we learn later that they're based after old uh, out-islander runes and there's 12 of them. Oh. And that fits wonderfully until you realize there's 13 people at the ceremony who are well masked, the sponsor, and then 12 others.
0: But they could be wearing... Like the same, it doesn't necessarily mean that they all have different pillar marks, you know. Like they could have a certain one. I don't. This guy really likes the east-facing pillar, and so so he gets that. But so does the other man over there. I don't know, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Some jealousy going on, infighting Mm -hmm. about who gets to wear what mask and how often. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I don't think there's any mention of the capital, the pillars, that is not in reference to the skill pillars other than this. So yeah. I, I feel like it has to reference those in some way. And I, I'm not imagining just a weathered stone pillar on everybody's face. <laughs> like, that's just... I, I don't understand. because But it also doesn't make sense that they would be the symbols of the skill pillars, because this is complete new news to Fitz later on and here he's writing about it before he learns about the skill pillars right. like he's super knowledgeable in it so I, I really don't know
0: I don't know either
1: it's yeah if you guys have any ideas or uh, thoughts about that please let us know I'm I'm really curious about this actually so yeah. I didn't find a lot of discussion on it and man I, I really don't know
0: I know this weird secret society that only comes up once.
1: I like the pillars, like as in Ida and L, mm-hmm. but also we don't really hear about any iconography or anything or any symbols that they have.
0: I know, I know. For such a like weirdly religious society, weirdly religious being that they all like kind of subscribe to the the idea that these two yeah. exist. you don't hear a lot about like a church or anything. Like, there's no building or yeah. place that alter, except for the skill pillars where people go to fight. Yeah. So, I anyways.
1: There's, yeah, that's pretty much it. He gets named Catalyst the Changer, and that's the first time we hear of that. Yeah. And then it comes up again later.
0: Also, though, <laughs> when did Fitz learn this random old language?
1: Um, They probably told him his name and then, like, told him the meaning or something. Mm-hmm. There has to be some knowledgeable do person they, out there. Do they
0: meet up and like teach him? You know what I mean. Like, is there secret meetings that he never writes Maybe down? And we don't like, know about
1: all night, and they had to like memorize <laughs> a fair. bunch of words. And he
0: could do it, but... Yeah. Hmm, I don't know.
1: It just reminds me of like King Killer. You haven't read it, The King Killer Chronicles, where uh, the main character has to memorize a language in like half a day.
0: That sounds really hard. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but
0: coming from someone who's Fitz taken could do it too. two plus years of college Spanish and still doesn't know anything. <laughs> Yikes. Okay.
1: Well, we pick up where we left off with Fitz uh leaving the tower. He heads down to the stables. He knows that the uh that the trial is coming up, that he has to do this, and um he went to Smithy and then to Sudi and Burek comes up on him with his like head down against the wall and Burek is just sighing audibly. <laughs>
0: he's
1: like, well, now what? <laughs> and I heard in his voice how weary he was of both me and my problems.
0: Okay, but is this just Fitz overthinking or do you think Burek actually both. was annoyed? Both. <laughs> That's fair enough.
1: I think he's weary of... Having two console fits all the time.
0: <laughs> That's well, fair. Like, you know, I could see although Bjork doesn't necessarily reprimand Fitz for having feelings, per se. Right. But I guess he probably is like, Boy, if you don't get hold of your emotions, <laughs> I'll give you something to cry about
1: <laughs> But they do have a discussion here, um that Fitz has really no hope of passing the test. And Burick's like, well, Nothing about it then. Just get yourself back here safe and we'll continue on. It's not like you weren't bad at... Or weren't, weren't good at other lessons. You can just yeah. continue on with what you were doing before.
0: Well, yeah. And what's weird about this is... Burek knows a little bit of of something. Because Galen has given him orders to get horses ready. um, But Fitz doesn't try to pry. He doesn't even want more information. And he says... I would prove myself fairly to Galen or not at all. And I just think it's interesting that even after everything he's been through, even knowing that Galen almost certainly isn't going to be fair, and later we learn definitely was not fair. right? He's still saying, I'm going to do this the right way or I'm not going to do it. And I just find that really commendable. I think it's really cool that Fitz has that sense of right and wrong in him, even though the other side is playing dirty.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's Burek all the way.
0: True. But yeah, it's just interesting. And I mean, Burek is really trying to help Fitz through this. And Fitz knows Burek is disappointed. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not really sure if Burek is actually disappointed in the idea that Fitz can't scale, or if that's another, like, Fitz is just sad, so...
1: Birk's trying to make it seem like no big deal to... Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, when there's someone younger than you and they're really upset about a thing and it kind of feels like that thing doesn't super matter. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, well, it'll be okay. And you want to treat it seriously, but not overindulge them in the sadness. And it kind of feels like that's what's happening. But maybe Birk is a little disappointed because... Yeah, maybe. This will make him less than chivalry in some way.
1: And then uh, Fitz asks him if he will take care of Smithy while he's gone, and Biric asks a probing question of how much will that dog miss you while you're gone? And Fitz kind of avoids it. He's like, oh, well, I've been at other lessons before, so it'll probably be fine. And Biric. Has a very strong suspicion, but he doesn't know for sure that Fitz is bonded to Smithy. But he's just kind of disappointed and kind of disgusted that Fitz won't just tell him. Yeah. Just won't, like, straight up talk to him. Or admit. Or admit anything, yeah. yeah.
0: But also, he's not exactly creating the most shareable environment. Oh, no. So <laughs> yes. <That's not> <laughs> I don't know how he could expect any less. Fitz is talking with Smithy and explaining to him that he's going to be gone for a couple meals, but it's going to be okay. He'll be back. And Smithy is very sad and doesn't want him to go and wants him to come with, or wants to come with, and... Um, Then Fitz, you know, was trying to struggling because he says, For a moment, I felt how right he was that I would need him to be able to survive this failure. But I reminded myself that he would be here waiting for me when I returned. And I promised him several days of my time for his sole benefit when I returned.
1: I would take him on a long hunt such as we had never had time for before.
0: Now, he suggested. And soon, I promised. Yeah. <gasps> and that never happens. No. This is such a sad chapter, and oh, uh, this part is really hard.
1: First actual loss of a wick companion for mm-hmm. Fitz.
0: But also the fact that he recognizes that he really needs Smithy, and Smithy is keeping him grounded, and I just feel so bad for him. Hmm. Hasn't come there yet,
1: though. Yeah. (laughs) Hasn't got there yet. Um, The next morning comes, and they're off on the start of the test. There's a lot of, you know, speeches and pomp and circumstance, but, like, only a few people show up, like, families and gossips and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all soon blindfolded and shuffled out to various corners of the six duchies, or, you know, a little bit away. Yep. And Fitz describes a very uncomfortable wagon trip where he's blindfolded and never gets to take off the blindfold, eats, you know, sparse meals, and it's about, like, day and a half for him, journey-wise, in this cart, and he, you know, gets let off the cart, and he just stays there for a while, and he's like, oh, I guess they left me. He takes off the blindfold and sees the cart... And the horse and the man quickly retreating off in the Mm. distance. And he realizes that he is very close to Forge and has to go through Forge to return to Buckkeep.
0: Yep. And he tries really hard to tell himself that he is not scared.
1: Yeah. He's trying to convince himself he also doesn't believe that they're the Forged Ones are banding together at all. Right. He doesn't believe that rumor.
0: Well, because he doesn't think they're smart enough. Right. So, Because to him, they are nothings, because they don't have any feeling mm-hmm. of humanity in them. So, and so there can't possibly be a brain that works enough to band together.
1: Or even feelings enough to want right. to band together and not just destroy each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's supposed to stay two days in that area to wait for instructions, and of course that's an extremely dangerous area, mm-hmm. because, you know, forged ones.
0: <laughs> he does say, which I think is kind of comical, um, that Galen... If Galen truly wanted to contact me, location should be no barrier. He had assured us innumerable times that it was the person he reached for, not the place. He could find me as well on the beach as he could on a hilltop. And I just thought that was kind of funny, the idea that Fitz is going to go sit on the beach or something and have a nice little vacation. But but I don't think um, he is going to sit on the beach in a vacation anyway. way. No, yeah, I just,
1: he, he was going to get his bearings, I yes, think. Yes,
0: definitely. But I just thought it was like a funny idea that <laughs> maybe he's going to like lay out and get a tan or something.
1: <laughs> it does say that he quests out immediately uh, when he get when he realizes like he's in the wilderness because he's kind of scared and he doesn't see anything and he relaxes and then he realizes, obviously, the Forged Ones aren't sensed by him. Mm-hmm. And it just is another point hammered in that he relies on his wit immediately for all of his senses.
0: Yep. And it's really interesting that he is so scared and yet he doesn't try to leave. Right. This is a horrible... Like, obviously he was put here to try... To hope that a Forged One would attack him and he would die. And... He stays and waits and hunkers down in a little place where he can have something behind his back so he doesn't feel so out in the open, and he just hopes to hear Galen. Yeah. And I can't imagine doing that. I feel like I'm a wimp, and I would just head back immediately.
1: I had no belief he would really try to contact me, let alone that I would receive any clear impressions if he did. And then he waits and waits and eventually you know it falls to evening and he says either he hadn't called or i I hadn't heard him so he eats and he feels cheated out and he's like "Ah, galen definitely you know wouldn't let me even prove myself and everything like this and he he tries to fall asleep and he starts to dream and I thought these dreams were extremely interesting. Okay. I don't know if you kind of read into them at all, or just dismissed them until you got to the, the last one.
0: I kind of dismissed them, but now that you're saying there's more to it, I'd like to hear.
1: So it starts out and it says, Regal stood over me, and I was a child sleeping in straw again. He laughed and held a knife. Verity shrugged and smiled apologetically at me. Jade turned aside from me, disappointed. Molly smiled at Jade past me, forgetting I was there. Burek held me by the shirt front and shook me, telling me to behave like a man, not a beast. But I lay down on straw and an old shirt, chewing at a bone. The meat was very good, and I, couldn't think of, I could think of nothing else. That paragraph right there pretty much all lines up with when he dies and is in Night, uh, night Eyes and then comes back. So, Regal is very happy. He's killed Fitz.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Verity has gone off on his adventure, and even before that, he always dismisses Regal. Like, oh, he's family. Don't worry about him. He's nothing. We gotta focus on the red ships. Like, right. he's just, I'm, I'm not gonna do anything. Um, Chade is disappointed that he's not snapping out of his, like, acting like a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um... But the turning aside for me, like, I, he, he doesn't come back to help Birik very much after the first, like, month or something of rehabbing. Right. Molly, he, I, this part is a stretch. And I think all of this is a stretch. But mm-hmm. I think it kind of lines up. Sure. Molly smiled at Jade past me, forgetting I was there. Um, and in his mind, I think this this paragraph is slightly prophetic because she starts to have a relationship with Birik. Just helping each other, obviously, to begin with. But his prophetic dream mind fills in Jade because that's who he's been thinking about with Molly. Mm -hmm. And that's all he can think about with Molly right now. Right. Um, But also at the end of the chapter, he sees Jade and Molly together. Mm -hmm. And they're walking off together and he gets really drunk. (laughs) Um, And then this last sentence, the last part, is the most telling one is held me by the shirt front and shook me telling me not to behave like to behave like a man, not a beast. I lay down on straw in an old shirt chewing at a bone. And I'm pretty sure there are a bunch of passages describing, you know he didn't want to wear a shirt because you know it, it wasn't his natural state anymore, like what Fitz was thinking after he came out of night eyes mm-hmm. back into his own body. He liked to chew on bones. he just curled up by the fire. Birik was you know in between like begging him and yelling at him and just trying different things to get him out. I think that's this whole small paragraph hints at what might be to come, like hmm. what might be coming, and I thought it was kind of interesting, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of stretch on for some of those, obviously, but <laughs> um we know there are prophetic dreamers and obviously that's more ascribed to like whites mm-hmm. in general but right since he has two magics very strongly i don't know
0: maybe right? he can partially tell yeah well that's fair because really all of life is just you know tied together through the stream of magic and yeah
1: the skill especially.
0: Yeah. The skill stream kind of ties past and present together, so I don't see how he couldn't accidentally tap into that. And well, he's
1: been trying to be open to the skill the he, whole night. Right,
0: but also using his wit extensively to... Right. ...stretch out and make sure nothing's coming towards him. So, yeah. I maybe don't know. Maybe he of... accidentally saw a glimpse in the future.
1: <laughs> but then the, um then the unfortunate dream comes the true actual true dream Mm -hmm. where he is i think through his wit connection linked with the skill to smithy because he's seeing through smithy's eyes right and someone comes into the stable and it's biric he smells like biric and ale probably been drinking, had a nice little night out, probably mm-hmm. worried about Fitz. Um, and he starts to walk up the stairs and Smithy hears a scuffle and people falling down and smells Biric's blood. Beerick was stabbed and fell down the steps and Smithy jumps at the attacker and latches on and the attacker knifes Smithy. Yep. And Smithy is calling. Boy, boy, I called for help. I felt him with me, but he didn't come. The intruder kicked me, but I wouldn't let go. Burek lay in the straw, and I smelled his blood. He did not move. I snarled around the mouthful. I heard old Vixen flinging herself against the door upstairs, trying vainly to get to her master. Which is... another hint that vixen is probably bonded with Biric, but he like blocks all the communication mm-hmm. again and again the knife plunged into me i crowd cried out to my boy a last time and then i could no longer hold on i was flung off the kicking leg to strike the side of a stall i was drowning blood in my mouth and nostrils running feet pain in the dark i hitched closer to bieric I pushed my nose under his hand. He did not move. Voices and light coming, coming, coming. And Fitz wakes up.
0: Yeah.
1: And he knows. He knows what he was doing. He knows what he saw. He knows knows that it was true. Yeah. He reaches out to Smithy, and Smithy acknowledges that contact, but... Fitz realizes how much it took out of Smithy, how much energy. Mm -hmm. So he just kind of keeps the contact, but puts him to the side of his mind. Yeah. um, And just reassures him that he's coming.
0: Right. And he decides in that moment that he's going to have to go. And he doesn't run because... A steady march would carry me farther and faster than a mad sprint through the dark. Um, He knows which direction to go. He knows what to do. And he's trying to reconcile because, you know, this is a big decision. If he just goes and leaves everything for Smithy and Burek, that's it. That's the end. There's no more skill. There isn't a second test. But he says when it was all put in the balance, the skill was far outweighed by Smithy and Burek.
1: Yeah. Because in order to maintain that hold, he's not... That hold on Smithy, he's not open enough to receive any instructions. Right. So he just has to choose. And then he asks, why Burek? Who would hate him enough to ambush him? And as he continued his march... He thinks about this as if he were talking it through with Chade. Considers all the options, and of course his mind immediately leaps to Galen. And then he's like, oh, I just want it to be Galen. I don't know, like, all the facts. Mm-hmm. Would he do it himself? Would he hire someone? I don't know. I just don't know enough. Um, But I'm pretty sure it is Galen. And right. I'm pretty sure he hired somebody. Yeah. And mainly because... He thinks that Berrick is giving Fitz strength.
0: Right. He thinks that that's why Fitz is good at the skill.
1: And he wants Fitz out of the way. He doesn't want him to come back from this this test. So, mm. you know, he uh, he tries to get rid of supposedly Fitz's strength, and it works, just not how Galen thought it was.
0: True, but at this point, I mean. Do we really think Galen ever even scaled out to Fitz to begin with? I
1: think he did, but just to, like, make sure he was out there. I think he checked in and just was like, okay, he's there, but never, like, but tried ha- to make contact. He wouldn't
0: be able to tell if Fitz was there, if his wall was up, right?
1: I think you can still find somebody. You just can't get in their head. Well, then... Right?
0: Why would he have told everybody he was dead?
1: Well, Galen didn't tell everybody he was dead. I think everybody assumed that he was dead because
0: everybody else showed
1: up up days before.
0: I don't know. He just seems so upset that Fitz is actually alive that makes me think that he doesn't know. We know he's not a very strong skiller. I don't know. I just I don't know if he can reach I don't think he ever I mean I guess the then the king would know that he didn't, right? Yeah. Because the king can feel does the king care enough to say anything about it? I don't know, because also everybody knows that every other person had a horse to ride back on, and Fitz comes back on foot. So even if
1: well, everybody doesn't know that. B- Burek knows that because mm. he's the stable master. Hmm. Yeah, it, everything in this chapter is kind of a blur because so much, so many other things happen that some of those details we don't really know. Hmm. And I could definitely see Galen not reaching out, and I could definitely see him checking in to see if Fitz was just gonna be by Forge and if he got where he was, like, dangerously supposed to be put, and that sort of thing.
0: I guess. And I then don't
1: know. when he was holding on to the Wit connection, Galen couldn't find him anymore because he wasn't somewhat open because he isn't as strong. I don't know. I don't know.
0: know. I don't know. Well, anyway. Regardless, Fitz chooses to go help Smithy and Burek.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he is thinking and walking and eating. It's, you know, it's another day now. So this is like the the second day and he's walking along, describing he's. I knew the road would take me right through Forge. I did not relish the idea, but the warm thread of Smithy's life tugged me on. And I lifted my head to the scuff of feet against stone. And he's confronted by Forged Ones.
0: Right before he's confronted, he does have a little um, small thought paragraph about Biric and what it means that Bjork is hurt this way, and how he's never had to reconcile. He didn't even think Bjork could be hurt. Like, (laughs) it's...
1: We all think our parents are invincible until something happens.
0: Yeah. And so I just thought that was a really interesting... where he just feels hollow and weary. And because Bjork is hurt. And this is such an interesting chapter because he really struggles with adding Bjork on to his care for Smithy. Yep. And it's always Smithy. Period. Burek. Next thought, which is so weird. It's like he doesn't want to admit that he cares about Burek and that Burek is important to him.
1: Because they hold such different values, and I, I don't know. I feel like Fitz doesn't want to associate with him, him with Smithy, because Burek doesn't want to be associated with Smithy or Fitz if he does. That's fair. If he uses the wit, you know. Yeah. So it's, like, hard to put them in the same thought for him. Ooh,
0: I like that thought. Anyway, so he gets attacked.
1: Yeah, and he uh, is hitting their, like, wrists and their ankles because he has a stick.
0: And there's three of them and one of him.
1: Yep. Um, and trying to keep them back. And he he knows that he's tired, and they're probably hungry, and they'll just pursue him until Fitz drops. So that's not really an option, Is just to run. Mm-hmm. So he talks to them, he's like, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know, oh, what do you have? <laughs> so he's surprised that they can actually talk, yeah. first of all. Um, dead men talking, I thought to myself, and couldn't stop the thought from echoing through my mind.
0: Well, it's probably even weirder after, I mean, he just hit somebody... And for the first time ever has no sense of the pain he's causing the other person. Right. yeah. And no echoes of his anger or fear. It's like slamming a door, violence without a victim. And I just think it's such a weird...
1: Which is also... It really brings up a, a great thought of why Fitz doesn't like killing people. Yeah. It's because he can feel that.
0: Yeah, he feels their death.
1: Yeah. Because he's with it. Yeah.
0: Also, fighting would be a nightmare. Yeah. Because...
1: That's why he goes into a battle rage. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I'm sure Burek did, too, when he was a soldier. Like, your body protects you from that pain and just blacks you out.
0: Yeah. I guess that would be so weird. You'd probably get everybody else's adrenaline from dying. And so even if you weren't injured, you'd get that... Because whenever you're hurt, your body, to save you gives you adrenaline it's why mothers can lift cars off of their babies like so I don't know
1: um, but yeah but the way this is written is is, is wonderful because um, it's going through Fitz's head for you know five six seven paragraphs and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a confrontation and you kind of get as startled as Fitz was mm-hmm. like you're just like oh there's forged ones here now okay <laughs> Here we go. So they're having this conversation, and Fitz is like, I, I have nothing. I lost all my things. Back down the road, he's trying to lure them away when he realizes they can talk. He's like, maybe, maybe that can like, trick them.
0: Yeah, I can reason with them. Yeah,
1: and um, this one forged one is like, cloak. I want your cloak.
0: Well, not only that, but this is... He realizes... That one of them is a woman. Mm-hmm. He didn't know until this point, which is such a strange. Like, how much does he really not use his eyes?
1: <laughs> Maybe they're just that dirty, and he was just kind of like that panicked.
0: I guess, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, also, he
1: doesn't not. He does not use his observational like, skills.
0: He needs to use the wit that mu- is that much of a crutch mm-hmm. that he doesn't even know. I don't know. So weird.
1: Um, but he's still like hitting them and like, just to keep them back while he's thinking. And they're looking, like, puzzled down at their wrists and their ankles, like, why are, you, why are you doing this? Like, it doesn't even hurt them. So they can't really feel that much pain. But they recognize it as something that's not good, because she steps back and well, tries to snatch the stick.
0: Is it that she can't feel the pain?
1: I mean, it says He that can't
0: feel their pain, because they don't have the thing that makes them human anymore but that doesn't mean they can't feel pain they scream out when they get hit
1: she glanced down at the injury as if puzzled and then continued to limp after me I feel like something has to be dulled there because he cracked her on the shin with a branch and she just kind of like looked down at it and then continued to walk I I don't know I feel like some sort of that pain response has to be has to be changed
0: I guess, but the guy before, I dealt him another quick jolt to his back. He yelled louder and thrashed about.
1: Yeah, I... I don't know, it's kind of...
0: Maybe it's like they can't grasp the pain or something? I don't know.
1: I mean, they were human once, so they, maybe their brains are like, you recognize this as pain, that's why she's looking at it puzzled, like, oh, maybe it doesn't pain pain me, like, why doesn't it, this hurt? And the other guy's like, his brain is like, this hurts, scream. I don't know.
0: I don't know either.
1: And he sees that they're like, you know, uh, I want the cloak, but like the other per- person is like, no, that's mine. And the other person's like, no, it'll be mine. I'll kill you. Kill you too. Talking to everybody there, and mm-hmm. he knows that they're banding together, but like he can distract them. So he he runs and then is trying to unfasten his cloak, and when he does so, they reach it, and all fight themselves, fight each other for it. Right. He keeps running and eventually hides off on the side of the road and miraculously falls asleep. Mm Mm-hmm. So he comes back awake, and this is, like, now the third day, and everybody we know has had horses, and they're probably back at Buckkeep because this is, you know, two days they would have been contacted, and they could just ride back.
0: Right. Well, and this was a day-and-a-half-long ride to get where he was. Yeah. And that's all day, all night. It doesn't say he got to stop to sleep. So, like, all day, all night riding in a, like, carriage Garage, yeah. with a horse. So, walking is going to take forever, basically. Yeah.
1: Um so he uh he continues towards forge basically he he still has smithy's life in his mind it says it's the barest tendril um and i think the only emotion still active in me was the fear that kept me looking over my shoulder and scanning the woods to either side as i walked and it was full dark when i arrived on the hillside overlooking forge for some time i still looking down on it seeking for any signs of life and then i forced myself to walk on and it's empty. Forge is pretty much abandoned. There's nothing going on. No smoke. No signs of recent inhabitants. And he sees a red ship sail in, and he has to hide himself.
0: Yeah. Like that's
1: got to be terrifying. Like you, you're like, okay, I'm getting through this thing. I'm I'm looking out for these Forge ones because I'm terrified. And then all of a sudden, this other threat comes.
0: Yeah, and now it's a real threat, something you probably haven't been thinking about because it wasn't real to you, you didn't have to face it, and now all of a sudden, there it is.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And then he realizes that they uh, they definitely come here often to restock their water because they, they know the positioning, they know where to dock, it's directly across from the well. Mm-hmm. They speak in a language similar, but harsher, so it's just all very jarring to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, in my mind, Jade is telling me, poison the well before you leave, but I didn't have anything, and I was just kind of worried about Smithy. So, they, it says like, they're incredibly close by when they dock and where he's hiding, mm-hmm. and they're obviously going to stay for a while, so he's like laying down and like crawling with the waves c- crashing, yeah, for like hours. Yep, that's exhausting and, also, and crazy.
0: Yeah, and also, he knows they that they probably just got done attacking uh, somewhere close by mm-hmm. because they don't want to light a fire in case somebody f- followed them, and they also have enough supplies to have food to cook on a fire.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So he he continues that for a long time and then eventually makes it to the road and he stands up and quests after Smithy and and continues on another another danger averted here, but now he knows that the red ships regularly come into forge to resupply and to rest.
0: Mhm.
1: And He's hungry, cold, tired. He has wet shoes. He had no thought of stopping, though. No. I trotted like a wolf, my eyes continually shifting, my ears keen for any sound behind me. I know. I thought that was a little cute.
0: Yeah, I did too. Um, but then, all of a sudden...
1: Yeah. One moment the road was empty and black before me. In the next, the darkness had turned to men. Two before me, and when I spun about, another behind me. Slapping waves had covered the sound of their feet. I set my back to the solid wall of the warehouse, readied my staff, and waited. And it wasn't the Raiders, because he couldn't feel them. They didn't raise shouts of alarm. Mm -hmm. It was the Forged Ones. And one of them was the woman from the previous night. One of them has a knife. And he has a staff, and he was trained to use it, so... They were thin, ragged, and at least as hungry as he, and as cold. They closed on me so silently, I guess they were aware of the raiders and feared them as much as I did. It was not good to consider the desperation that would prompt them to still attack me. But in the next breath, I wondered if Forged Ones felt desperation or anything else. Perhaps they were too dulled to realize the danger." And here comes the The worst
0: part yeah, of the, the whole sad, chapter. The sad
1: part. For as the first two stepped into my range, I felt the tiny warmth that was Smithy ebbing in my grasp. Smithy, I whispered, a desperate plea that he somehow stay with me. I all but saw a tail tip stir in a last effort at a wag. Then the thread snapped and the spark blinked out. I was alone. A black flood of strength surged through me like a madness. <sighs> oh, Smithy.
0: That's so sad. I'm, like, tearing up. I cried when I read it earlier. I'm tearing up now.
1: He's such a good pup.
0: I know. And he wags his tail when. the... Ugh. That's just so sad.
1: And then we get the first... Berserker rage that Fitz goes into, Mm -hmm. rightfully triggered by his wit companion's death. Right. Where he quickly stabs his staff into the head of one, shears off the jaw of another, and then grapples and gouges the eyes and kills the third with his hands.
0: Which, how strong is he? Because, I mean, first of all, he's probably weakened at this point because he hasn't been training as heavily like he was before with a weapon Yeah. so he's not even at full strength capacity and he still is using a blunt stick basically to stab through someone and then cut off the jaw of another person like that's so much force to do that black rage crazy
1: yeah So he stood he throws the body down with the rocks and and he stood panting just kind of daring the raiders to come to him like looking at forge seeing if there's alarms raised cuz he's angry he's upset mhm he's devastated
0: he's kind of daring them to fight him too
1: yeah well uh, he left the bodies and walked away he felt nothing from them when he killed them no fear no anger no pain not even despair they had been things and as i began my long walk back to buckkeep i finally felt nothing from within myself perhaps i thought forging is a contagion and i have caught it now I could not bring myself to care. And he says a little of that journey stands out in his mind. Um, He encountered no more Forged Ones, and he encountered a few other travelers, but no one, he nor the other travelers, were interested in talking to strangers. Right. And his only thoughts were of getting back to Buckkeep. He still had Beerick on his mind. Yeah. still going back for him. And he shows up two days into the Spring Fest celebration. And the guards recognize him. Yeah. And quickly tell him that Burek's been hurt and to send him on to the infirmary.
0: And then we learn that um, Fitz has never been to the infirmary himself. Because Burek and no one else had always treated his childhood illnesses and mishaps. But he knows where it is. So he goes...
1: And it's got to be such a crazy scene. He has such turmoil inside of him. He lost his best friend. His father, basically, is grievously injured.
0: And he doesn't know how injured. He doesn't know how okay. injured,
1: yeah. And he's walking through a festival, and it says, I pushed myself through the people with their bells and flowers and sweet cakes." It must be so happy in there right now. Mm -hmm. The folk have been harried from the red ships. They're, you know, they don't know what's going on. So they'll they'll take their time to celebrate and, and try to be happy. And Fitz is only sad, angry, depressed, walking through.
0: Yeah. It says, And suddenly I felt as if I were six years old and come to Buckkeep for the very first time. I had hung on to Burek's belt, all that long way from Moon's eye, with his leg torn in bandage. But not once had he put me on another's horse, or entrusted my care to another.
1: Because he came to Buckkeep, Yeah. During a festival as well. And Burek was injured, but he never went to the infirmary this time, it's worse. And Burek is the only one in there.
0: Yeah. Well, because everybody else that can be let out is for the celebration. Mm
1: -hmm. I took his hand. Fitz, he said, without opening his eyes. He gripped my hand hard. Yes. You're back. You're alive. I am. I came straight here as fast as I could. Oh, Birik, I feared you were dead. I thought you were dead. The others all came back days ago. He took a ragged breath. Of course, the bastard left horses with all the others. No, I reminded him, not letting go of his hand. I'm the bastard, remember? Sorry. And he opens his eyes and comments that they look a fine pair, because they're are both beat up. <laughs> and he tells Biric that he set him down north of Forge, and Biric, of course, is really angry. He, he tried to make him tell him, uh, he tried to make Galen tell him where uh, Galen put down Fitz tried to send a message to Verity and he didn't get a response back and we know that's because Verity is probably skilling the whole time Mm
0: -hmm. and then he says I should kill him and Fitz says let it go I said and meant it I'm back and alive I failed his test but it didn't kill me And as you told me, there are other things in my life. This is so weird (laughs) to hear coming out of Fitz because we know how upset he is. Yeah. And he just lost Smithy. And do you think he really believes what he says? I mean, we know it's true that there are other things and that he should be able to move on. But do you think he's just saying this for Burek's benefit to kind of convince him to leave, leave it?
1: <laughs> Probably partially. I like he says later in this conversation too that he doesn't have the skill. So I feel like something else with the skill command that he got from Galen is kind of messing with his head. That like since he failed, he literally doesn't have it. So he should just leave it alone. It's like done. It's not a part of his life anymore. I don't know. It feels it feels so abrupt. You're right in that he's just like, no, leave it. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, at first I kind of was thinking, well, of course, because Galen sent somebody to kill Burek, and if he keeps on this path, maybe Burek will die. True. But he doesn't realize that Galen is for sure the one who sent this. He, right. at this point, still doesn't know why Burek has been attacked. So... I don't know that it is in consideration for Burek per se, which is so weird. Like, so why is he all of a sudden like, well, it's in the past, I'm done, I don't need to fight it anymore?
1: Yeah. And, um, he kind of just, Burek kind of describes the attack Mm -hmm. just briefly. Like, I got jumped, knifed. Fell down the stairs, and I was senseless for two days. And then, Burek says, And fits, your dog. A stupid, senseless thing, but he killed your dog. I know. He died quickly, Burek said, as if to be a comfort. I stiffened at the lie. He died well, I corrected him. And if he hadn't, you'd have had that knife in you more than once. Burek grew very still. "'You were there, weren't you?' he said at last. "'It was not a question, and there was no mistaking his meaning. "'Yes,' I heard myself saying, simply. "'You were there, with the dog that night. "'Instead of trying for the skill?' "'His voice rose in outrage. Birik, it wasn't like he pulled his hand free of mine "'and turned as far away from me as he could. "'Leave me.'"
0: Yeah, this part is really hard. read
1: i before um i said that fitz was through the wit like skilling into smithy's mind do you think it was just the wit does he do that with night eyes with just the wit later on or
0: he does use night eyes eyes and i think we know that other people um the guy with the bird
1: um, yeah, yeah. He
0: uses the bird's eyes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or at least knows what the bird sees. I guess that could just be conveyed through talk. Web. Web, yes, thank you. That could just be something that's conveyed through talk. Yeah. But this is a consistent ability of Fitz's. I guess just because Fitz can do it doesn't mean it is a wit thing. Right. Because <laughs> Fitz also sees through the eyes of Nettle later. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's like a, I think it's a skill thing, like a combination thing. Yeah,
0: like he's using them both together to. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I just want to clarify that before that. Yeah. Before we went through. Um, hmm. So, Fitz tries to explain. He's like, "It, it wasn't Smithy. Like, it wasn't my dog. This is, my wit. Is not the reason that I failed. I just don't have the skill." So let me have what I do have. Let me be what I am. I don't use this in a bad way. Even without it, I'm good with animals. You've forced me to be. If I can use it, I can... And Birk has his ultimatum. Stay out of my stables. Stay away from me. He rolled back to face me, and to my amazement, a single tear tracked his dark cheek. You failed. No fits. I failed. I was too soft-hearted to beat it out of you at the first sign of it. Raise him well, Chivalry said to me. His last command to me. And I failed him. And you. If you hadn't meddled with the wit, Fitz, you'd have been able to learn the skill. Galen would have been able to teach you. No wonder he sent you to Forge. He paused. Bastard or no, you could have been a fit son to Chivalry. But you threw it all away. For what? A dog. I know what a dog can be to a man, but you don't throw your life over for a... Not just a dog, I cut in almost harshly. Smithy, my friend. And it wasn't only him. I gave up the weight and came back for you, thinking you might need me. Smithy died days ago. I knew that. But I came back for you, thinking you might need me. "'You needn't have,' he said quietly. "'I'd take care of myself, and harsher. "'You know that. I always have. "'And me,' I admitted to him. "'And you've always taken care of me.' The small damn good that did either of us,' he said slowly. "'Look what I've let you become. "'Now you're just—' "'Go away. Just go away. "'Bring me nothing. Do me no favors. "'Go your own way.' And be whatever you will. I'm done with you. In his voice was no mercy for either of us. Ugh. That's a bigger loss than Smithy. For Fitz.
0: Yeah. Well, this is basically the man who raised him. Yeah. And this is so hard. And I think in that last line... In his voice, was no mercy for either of us.
1: This is killing Burek, too.
0: Yeah. This is Burek punishing himself. This isn't... Maybe on some level it's also to punish Fitz, but I think it's more to punish himself.
1: Chivalry's last command to him was to raise him well, and in Burek's mind, he failed him, which means he failed Chivalry's legacy.
0: Yeah. Well, because he can't wrap his mind around why Fitz would throw away the skill, which is so prestigious and such a huge gift. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it computes (laughs) when Fitz says, it's for you, it wasn't about Smithy, I thought you needed me. I think he's not listening, I think he's just thinking... He's turning into a beast. He was in the dog and said it like, he couldn't help himself. He just had to be in the dog. And we know that that's not how it is at all and how it was more an accident than anything. But Burek doesn't, and he doesn't really want to hear any positives about it.
1: Right, no. Even if he knew that it was not on purpose he wouldn't care right the just bonding him in general was i don't know
0: and it's just so sad and oh and just the things that he says to Fitz, and it in a way it kind of makes me think of like those old timey movies where they're trying to get the dog to run away or the horse like in spirit (laughs) where they're trying to get the horse spirit to run away um and they're like go on get I hate you. I hate you, you know, and they're like yelling at the animal that they hate them even though they definitely don't. Um that's what this feels like. This feels like I'm going to say mean things because then you won't miss me because I don't deserve to have you around anymore. Especially when he said, "No wonder Galen sent you to forge." Yeah. Like, that was really harsh to me. Well, I mean, Birk
1: has already said that I'd rather you are forged than use the wit. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he reviles it that much.
0: And he kind of doesn't blame Galen. And that's the worst part, is like, Galen doesn't know about the wit. He just, does, at this point, he doesn't. And so it's not even about that. It's just his hate for Fitz, but... Beric can't just accept that Galen hates Fitz. It has to be because of the wit. Because that's...
1: I... No, I don't think that is the reason why Beric thinks Galen hates him. Because he knows that he hates him before he even teaches him. He
0: right. just thinks
1: that the wit prevented him from skilling. Which it does. Right. But it's like, you used this during the test and came for me disobeying the skill test rules for the wit, for a dog. Birg just has no tolerance for it. And, yeah. I mean, the way that he was raised, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what he went through. But, man, having this from Fitz's perspective is just heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. But also, okay, there's a line... um When Fitz says he came back for Bjork, he says, you needn't have, I take care of myself, and then Harsher, you know that, I always have. Do you think he feels like it's a weakness of his own that Fitz thought he needed to be taken care of?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's also, like, probably partially yelling at himself to, like, I don't need this boy with me. I can take care of myself, trying to delude himself to lie.
0: Yeah. I don't know. This is just so hard. It's so hard to read and so sad. Yeah. I mean,
1: this is like, and this isn't even the saddest and mm-mm. worst conversation between Fitz and Bierick that they have because no. there's that one. In the later trilogies, that's worse. Yeah. But
0: but I just... Oh, it's so hard for me because... Like, Pyrrhic just really... I don't know. He cannot reconcile this part of Fitz. And he doesn't realize that all he's doing is pushing Fitz further away. And Fitz is sitting here reali- finally realizing... Burek is more important to me than this skill that I've been training months for that I have been wanting so badly. And then it's thrown right back in his face. He opened himself up to Burek. He put down some of his walls that he had built between them and said, why can't you just accept me for me? I'm going to do this thing, but I can help you by using it and I'm not being bad, I'm not being a bad person. This doesn't make me bad. It's just who I am, and I love you and you're my dad, and I want to help you. and Burek is just no, 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 no. He's building that wall back and it's just
1: because in his mind the, the wit is that bad it it will make you a beast. It will if he continues to use it, if he's around Beric's stables. That's just more temptation. And he does care for Fitz. He just he cares for him so deeply that he feels as if he failed him. And he even allows him to use the wit and comes back to him later in the series. It's just uh, man. This whole conversation is so hard. Yeah. And says that was my return to Buckkeep. I was a ditch different creature from the naive who had left. Little fanfare was made over my not being dead as supposed. I made no opportunity for anyone to do so. From Beirik's bed, I went straight to my room. I ate at night, alone, in the kitchens. Slept, but not well. Penned one note to King Shrewd, saying that the raiders were restocking at Forge. Mm -hmm.
0: It does say that one other person didn't make it. Yeah and he doesn't even remember who it was and then it says the line like galen i suppose i dismissed him as I- insignificant yeah so I mean, even, he still has
1: that conditioning yeah Ugh. yeah it's a uh, it's a rough one
0: yeah and then galen himself only speaks to him once that summer yep i um, mean it isn't even directly to him But I just want to quickly point out. So, it says, He is walking and talking with Regal. As they passed me, he looked at me over Regal's head and said sneeringly, More lives than a cat. So that means Regal is short. Just pointing that out there.
1: Or at least... Galen's really tall, I thought. Because he's, like, tall, skinny.
0: Well, yeah, but hear me out. What if Regal's just really short and that's why he is such a bad person? Not that (laughs) short guys are all awful. I have many short guy friends and I love them all. They're great. But Napoleon syndrome or whatever. (laughs) Maybe he's the stereotype.
1: Napoleon complex?
0: Yes. Wow, Emma. I'm just saying. I feel like Regal would be one of those guys who would be very same, insecure about his height. you not
1: very tall either, Emma.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> that's fine.
1: No, he, <laughs> I wish he I probably was tall. would. If he was short, he probably would be
0: super insecure yeah. about it. So I would like to make fun of his in- insecurities because he's a trash person.
1: <laughs> but also, I think Galen is pretty tall.
0: But I think tall it's, enough uh, to look over Regal's head. That means he's like at least a head taller. Which means Regal can't be that tall, is what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) if you can look over someone's head at something, as someone who is short and has many people look over my head at everything, gotta be kind of short to do that. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) I just never thought of Regal as short, and I think this (laughs) changed my mind. You're gonna
1: picture him as, like, Lord Farquaad or something? Yes,
0: exactly. He is Lord Farquaad, but a little bit better looking. He is a farseer, after all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It seemed to me that I had lost everything when I lost Smithy, or perhaps in my bitterness I set out to destroy what little was left to me. I sulked about the keep for weeks, cleverly insulting anyone foolish enough to speak to me. Chay didn't summon him, fool avoided him, saw patience three times. First two times uh, he made the barest efforts to be civil, he recounts, and then the third time he just rose up in the middle of it and walked away.
0: And she didn't summon him again.
1: Yeah. After two months, um, he felt like he needed to reach out to somebody. He had chance encounters with Biric, but they were incredibly awkward and they both learned painfully to pretend not to see one another. Mm -hmm. So he after these two months he kind of ventures down to town after a while after wanting to for a while
0: yeah it says that he's been really thinking about this he wants to go to molly to tell her everything he wants to lay it all bare and he has this whole imagined scenario of where um they would sit on the beach and he would talk to her And then, when I was done, she would not judge me or try to offer advice, but would just take my hand and be still beside me. Finally, someone would know everything, and I would not have to hide anything from her anymore. And she wouldn't turn away. I dared imagine no more beyond that.
1: And that's what he did for Molly before. When she kind of made the joke and was talking about her father and stuff, and he just kind of looked at her, Mm -hmm. not wanting to laugh at her half-joke, and said thank you. Yes. That's that comfort that Fitz wants.
0: And also, he wants to tell somebody everything. Yeah. And he doesn't want to hide... And I think this coming problem where he decides not to tell Molly, It he never really gets to a spot completely where he can tell her ever again. No,
1: because she, she finds out things and right. confronts him. And
0: and then he talks about it once she knows about it. Yeah. But he never, again, truly opens up to anyone, except the fool. The fool's really the only person who gets all of Fitz's. And maybe partially starling but not as not much. Everything. He, he, she knows more than Night Eyes a lot gets of
1: pretty much everything.
0: Yeah. But it's just He wants to be open. And I guess I didn't realize how much he wanted that. Yeah. Until rereading this part. And he just wants to be accepted. He doesn't even care if she doesn't love him afterwards. He just wants somebody to say it's okay.
1: And so he does venture down, but with a picnic basket, with wine, with everything that he'd need to execute this plan just to to tell her, and he sees her leaving the chandlery, chandlery with Jade, and she's leaning on his arm, and Molly was suddenly a woman, one I did not know. The two-year age difference between us was a vast gulf I could never hope to bridge. He steps around the corner before she could see me and turned aside, face down.
0: Yeah, it also... honestly, way, it says, But in the end, all decisions had already been made, and they had nothing to do with me. Fits continues to believe this. He doesn't think that if he stepped in right now, anything would change. And I disagree. I think if he would have come forward, there is a slight possibility Molly could have you know, maybe seen him and said, oh, like maybe something would have changed. Maybe nothing would have. But Fitz just accepts things without even trying to change them. And I think that's one of the things that frustrates me about him. It was already decided without me. No, Fitz, you can't just let everything pass you by and not try to change things. Which is amazing that just him being alive and doing what little things he does changes the course of everything. When he's such a passive person, he just really will not which, granted, every time he tries to speak out, it doesn't really work out so well. <laughs> but, like, ugh. He's just so passive.
1: That night I got drunker than I had ever been, and awoke the next day in some bushes halfway up the keep road. He's in a rough place right now. Um, that's the end of the chapter. That's, that's where we leave off with Fitz... So much heartbreak, not even, like, any end to it at the moment, just deeper and deeper. He feels like he's losing everybody in his life, and again, he's alone. Yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not doing good.
0: No. No, he's not.
1: Poor Smithy, poor Beerick, poor Fitz, poor Molly, because he doesn't understand.
0: But I mean, to be fair, she might be happy right now.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Poor Molly, like, as in the confrontation that she has to explain things to Fitz later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Ugh. know. Well, if you'd like to reach out to us to discuss um, further on any of these relationships, any things that that happen, Burek's talk with him, um, the masks of the pillars, <laughs> Uh Please email us at isfitshappy at gmail.com or any of our socials. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the messages we got over the week. So, first of all, on Instagram, we got a message from Sarah who um, uh, talked to us a little bit about her thoughts on the skill and the wit. Um, She talked a lot about how um, she thinks the skill and the wit were probably, possibly from dragons, um, and went over just how the skill is more of a specific command capability, well, the wit um,
1: is pretty broad.
0: Yeah, the wit is more of a feeling. Yeah. Um, but then she also asks some pretty interesting questions of, can the skill be directed at animals, or can humans bond with humans in the wit? Yeah. Because we're told that the wit is specifically beast-based, but Fitz can use his wit abilities on humans.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know, it's... Yeah. It's a super in- interesting conversation, and I think it's a little bit too hard to fully dive into at the end of an episode. I feel like we need to do a full episode eventually, somewhere out in the <laughs> years of doing this series where we just discuss the magic yeah, and try to discuss theories on that. But it's, yeah, really interesting questions are raised about when you think about the wit and the scale and where they come from and if they're yeah. two sides of the same coin or just opposites and magics that exist in the world. I don't right. know.
0: I know, it's just a really interesting thought. But I really did like the thought of, can humans bond with humans?
1: Yeah. Can you skill at an animal? Yeah. Which, I think you can. Yeah. But I don't know if there's any well, examples.
0: Yeah, and she does talk about how, like, aren't humans kind of animals? And right. aren't dragons kind of...
1: Animals. Animals, <laughs> and
0: you can skill and wit talk with... You can skill talk with dragons, so... I don't know. Um,
1: but she also says uh, that, I'm secretly hoping Robin Hobb is writing more books where the magic system will be explained a bit better, because there's still a lot of room for interpretation. Same. Yep. Same here. I would love that. Although, I feel like, since Robin Hobb doesn't even have a glossary of how you're supposed to pronounce names and leaves that up for inter- interpretation, I feel like her magic system won't be explained fully either. Yeah. Um, I just want more books in this world in general, so... (laughs) Um, Another message we got was from Michelle on Instagram. Um, just kind of talking about our conversation where Galen is talking about, uh, who Fitz might be drawing power from, and who Fitz was hiding, and, um her mind immediately went to smithy and that i thought was a really good theory as well i that's what came to my mind the first time i read it mm-hmm. and then just rereading it in depth as we have been i realized like you know the fight happened before with Biric. um galen knows Beerick's relationship with chivalry and that he was probably a king's man and everything like that so it kind of linked those two that Galen immediately suspected Biric there. Yeah. But it also could happen where he was in Fitz's mind and Fitz, he could tell Fitz was hiding something slash someone, and it was Smithy, but he, Galen doesn't know, so just like assumed it was Biric.
0: Right. Well, because he doesn't know that Fitz is Witted yet, yeah. so... Because
1: I feel like Galen, with his history with Witted and old-blooded mm-hmm. people, would immediately try to take public...
0: Right. Like and to justice. Be, yeah. To be fair, I feel like the skill, when you're, like, skill-reading someone's mind, is very broad. It's not like, you can read my thoughts unless I'm, right. like, specifically speaking to you. But it's more of, like, images, yeah. like, flashing through your head. And so maybe if there was an image of Smithy, it would be tinged with Burek, because of the fear that Bjerg's going to find out about Smithy. Right. And that wouldn't necessarily have connotations of the wit because it could just be a young boy not wanting his dad to find out he has a dog. Like it. So then he would like f- have that strength be more centered towards Birik in some way, I think, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: E- Either way. I think though, that Galen suspects Bjerg there and is talking about Birik because mm-hmm. then immediately after Bjerg is attacked, yeah so um but it is a super interesting thought but i still think if if he suspected smithy or being witted that he would bring it up publicly yeah so i don't think i don't think Fitz is out yet with that secret right
0: um so finally we got an email from leah and leah was just uh popping in to talk about um how Fitz could potentially be a bisexual character and this could be not something that's expressly said because in this culture it doesn't really seem like really any sort of um homosexuality is accepted um just because we don't really see it at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, anything, like, I think considered deviant besides the skill and, like, the besides, like, the magic things, mm-hmm. accepting the wit, because the wit is reviled at this point. Yeah. But anything other is not considered okay. Right. And is repressed. and.
0: Yeah, and it's not really talked about. Yeah. Um, we know that there's negative connotations between... Um, men sleeping together because of Lord Golden and Tom later on. Mm-hmm. um, and just the reactions to that kind of makes it seem as though it's not looked highly upon
1: or proper or anything or yeah, yeah. or
0: proper in their um town. <laughs> um, but also she points out that the fool says, um, the importance that you, the people of the six duchies attach to what gender is. Is like a thing that he's upset about. He like, mm-hmm. why do you guys care so much? Who's anybody's gender is? What? Why does it matter? Yeah. And even though there are some like strides towards better treatment of all people, I mean, women don't have to just be in ladylike roles in this society. There are still, it's still not as progressive. Um, and so, if you were someone who did like women and you're a man if you had some feelings for men, it would be easier to ignore because the norm is liking women. And who are you going to talk to about these feelings? Maybe it's just a really deep friendship. And the story could be him coming to realize that without having a word for it. um, Because he doesn't really... It's not really something you can talk about in this society, it feels like.
1: And this relationship and realizations really do develop over all of these books. It takes a long time. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably be touching on that topic throughout the whole podcast series and all of the books that we discuss because it is such a intricate feeling and Mm -hmm. intricate thought process for Fitz. And he has a lot of different feelings about different things and situations that get brought up in regards with The Fool.
0: And he is very defensive in the next trilogy about how he will never like the fool. There is, he would never want to lay with the fool. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like super embarrassed that the fool could even tell other people that they're together or like even hint that that could possibly be a thing. But I mean, on the other hand, potentially that's a reaction to society's view on men being together not necessarily because he truly feels like he could never be with the fool that way but more so because he wants to be a proper man and whatever that means in this sense
1: yeah it's um again like like we've mentioned before there's nothing specifically spelled out in these books we can infer a lot from different things Mm -hmm. but um Robin Hobb is pretty vague same with same with Bierick. yeah um he could have the same pressures on him mm-hmm. as we've discussed uh, with his feelings towards chivalry i don't know it's
0: yeah it's such a hard thing um, but it is cool uh, that people that are bi can find a character that are yeah. that is relatable to them and their situations definitely so
1: they also uh, we're kind of bringing up the back i think is in chapter 13 with uh fitz drawing
0: oh yeah and
1: and how miraculously talented he is and um he seems fitz seems to have just a bunch of different skills all the time and skills brought up out of nowhere that are just kind of like laid out in one or two lines in front of the reader and they don't really touch on the story Mm -hmm. so it's Probable that he's actually really good at art and just practices that. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny too to, to look at. I still don't think he should be able to draw that well, but I know <laughs> fits. Come on, maybe damn.
0: he's just super talented. We don't know.
1: <laughs> draws those plants every day, all day, all day long. All right. Uh, so thank you so much again for listening, yeah.
0: and thanks for being part of the conversation, you guys. Yeah. If you would like to join the conversation be sure to message us and maybe we'll bring up what you said next time
1: and make your friends read these books yeah so you can talk to them and they can talk to us and And we we can can get
0: all kinds of new ideas yeah